the gamers in. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are you doing? Pretty good. It's uh, <laughs> it's Wednesday. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking, like, this week is going by so slowly. But then I realized... Oh, I thought you were going to say quickly, and I was no. like, I know. It's, it's <laughs> so too, we're clearly it, having two totally different experiences with this week. <laughs> we definitely are, because I... You know, yesterday was Tuesday. Then today I thought it was Friday. Uh, but then it turns out it was only Wednesday because that's how time works. Wow. Uh, but, that's a big uh, jump. <laughs> I know. I don't I, think I've ever gone to sleep on a Tuesday and then woken up the next day thinking it was Friday. Like, well, wow. I, I don't know what it is. Like, I've been getting up. So I went, I've went. i gone back to work. I'm mm-hmm. um, waking up at either 5.30 or 6, depending on whether or not I'm I'm. I'm doing a crazy thing where I'm running in the morning. I've never been a person who wakes up early Weirdo. to like exercise, <laughs> but you know, having two kids and wanting to play video games in the evening, uh, we'll get back to that. Why that's crazy. But, um, I, I'd figure I'll just play video games and run at the same time in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, then you do that for like every other day for a good week. And then you realize like, Oh my God, you forget what day it is. And, I don't know. It, it's hard to explain, but it's just, it feels like the week is going by slowly, but I'm glad it's not Friday because then I would miss Gamers In because we didn't exactly. record this week. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. So we uh, actually, we have a couple of announcements before mm. we get into the show proper. Um, and Ryan also has some more uh, streaming adventures. I'm calling it streaming yes. week number three. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, I thought we you were going to give it a name. <laughs> well, Streaming week, number, streaming three week number three is just, it sounds so formal. I mean, yeah, I couldn't think of anything fun on the fly. Okay. 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 Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we do have a couple of announcements and things that we're kind of working on some stuff to tell you guys. So um, first and foremost, we are actually going to be leaving a move TV. So um, we've had a really good run. You guys have been there for us for you know, five years now. So um, mm-hmm. we wanted to say thank you so much to the AMOVE community. Uh, it was basically just the best idea for us going forward. And uh, we're going to talk about our ideas for Gamers in the brand as a whole um, going forward. But uh, basically, leaving AMOVE was the best idea for us. And we're also moving the show to 8 p.m. on Thursdays, which conflicted with another show on the AMOVE network. So um, there, it's there's no drama no hard feelings no nothing it's just um it works best for all of us obviously i'm mm-hmm. still on embrace the spoilers and angry chicken and everything else on a move only gamers in is leaving um and we're doing that because we're going to start putting out a series of podcasts called gamers in Presents. so these are going to be things that are kind of like trial shows or seasonal shows or one-off shows like things that we're just um super interested in and either Ryan or I want to do that kind of fall in the general video gaming outside of Blizzard sort of umbrella. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so we thought that it was better if we just kind of um, took Gamers In and made it its own thing again. Um, Because yeah, the whole Gamers In presents idea and us putting out more shows under that banner didn't really work um, in the existing structure of the AMOVE network. So uh, we are going off on our own again. And so that being said, we are moving to Thursdays at 8 p.m. And we are going to be recording on twitch.tv slash the gamers in. So if you guys haven't gone to follow the channel, we have not used twitch.tv slash the gamers in in a very, very long time. So I wouldn't be surprised if most of you don't even know it exists, but it does. <laughs> and that's where we're going to be recording at 8 p.m. on Thursday. So make sure right. you guys don't miss that. 
Um, Ryan, did you want to talk about the first Gamers In Presents project? Yeah, so this this came up pretty quickly over the last couple of weeks, and I've been teasing it here and there, uh, both to on the show and 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 uh, and whatnot. Anyways, a game I've been playing a lot of over the last year that I've tried to talk about as much as possible on the show, but unfortunately, it's just it's just too niche. It's there's not enough people. Only half the people on the show are playing it, so I can't talk about <laughs> it every week. Therefore, I thought it'd be a good idea to uh, grab someone from our lovely Discord and start a spinoff podcast called Some. Call a Fire Emblem Heroes podcast. I, I don't know. We don't have any music or fanfare yet, yeah. so like, um, I was like, should I have had like a just imagine a drum roll or something? <laughs> things are coming together very quickly. But if you're a Fire Emblem Heroes fan, you know that they are having their first anniversary celebration on Friday. So my goal is to have everything in place for Friday. I'm recording tomorrow with uh, my co-host Eddie or Drelfear from. Uh, the discord so it kind of was born under the idea of the fact that the gamers in discord sort of spawned this channel and it's pretty notorious for being uh, we were taking over the general chat which is the only chat we had with fire emblem talk then we created a fire emblem channel and then the people who who are really playing that game are in there talking every day and and there's a you know there's there's a good grouping of us and i'm hoping that we can come together with this spin-off gamers in presents podcast and just you know have a great time so a fire emblem uh heroes podcast coming soon to the gamers in and this will be a separate feed um so you'll have your main feed of the gamers in and you'll have a second feed for our gamers in for each gamers in presents project as they come up so summoner's call will have its own feed launching on friday so pay attention to our twitter and we'll you'll see those announcements but still in the works almost there so close so close so the second show that we're thinking of launching under this gamers in presents banner is uh, a show that i'm putting together uh with civ if you guys have been watching uh basically any of the wow rating i've been doing he's my co-raid leader he is also um the uh, my co-captain on our ship over the last week while we've been playing the sea of thieves uh closed beta we are actually going to do a probably short run show about Sea of Thieves. We had a ton of fun playing it. Uh, we're really, really excited about the game. So we're going to put together a series of shows to kind of um, almost like like an intro to Sea of Thieves um, kind of from now until the game launches. And if there's a lot of interest, if there seems to be a lot of news, we might keep it going. But um, this is what I mean about Gamers and Presents being kind of like a um, seasonal test ground one off type thing. Um, so yeah, we're going to, uh, we're going to do a podcast as well. Um, as of right now, all of the gamers in presents projects are audio only. So you guys, um, can hear them either on the website or we'll be posting them to iTunes. So you can get them or, well, there'll be RSS feeds. So you can kind mm -hmm. of listen to them on your podcast catcher of choice, but, uh, yeah, they'll be audio only, but again, we will be streaming to twitch.tv slash the gamers in. Uh, if any of those ever end up actually being uh, live streamed video podcasts as well. So uh, make sure you go over and uh, and check that out and follow that channel. Um, <laughs> I think that's pretty much it for announcements off the top of the show. Ryan, is there is there anything else I'm missing? <laughs> that's that's the big stuff. And obviously, you know, pay attention over the next couple of weeks as, as these things start to take form. From what I've seen, things do move quickly when you're passionate about a project. So uh, sea of Thieves, Fire Emblem Heroes, um, I, I think you can expect those 
sooner rather than later. But yeah, pay attention to our Twitter feeds and, and you'll get more info on those. All right. So uh, what we're playing this week is uh, kind of going a little bit off off the rails ish again uh ryan you have mm -hmm. so you've been having many many adventures in the land of streaming so uh that's a better you title have some, you have some more uh <laughs> more questions okay so i want to preface and it should come as no shock that i am a beginner at this stuff so everything i say should be taken with ryan's a beginner okay so <laughs> Over the weekend, Jocelyn and I had a chance to sit down and she uh, shared her screen. She walked me through uh, stream elements and I did ask her before the show. She is a stream elements. Um, what is the word? Promoter. 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 Thank you. Yep. And it is essentially her, her uh, your task to kind of show off the system to perspective streamers and kind of point them in the right direction for settings and and all that stuff and uh, it, that is correct. onboarding people who've already chosen the service that's kind of more of my job but yeah onboarding <laughs> yeah what do you so mean so it's like if, if somebody like signs up for the service but they mm. haven't necessarily implemented all of the features and they need help then i give them a hand okay cool so yeah you, we but we yeah, walked like, sure same yeah. <laughs> we walked through it and i i feel like that was a, a good way to sort of understand all the all the beginner key components. And, and when we say beginner, one question I had then was like, oh, you know, if I'm just starting out, can I just have like the game screen stream up and, and just maybe just pay attention to the chat for alerts and stuff? It's like, no, you should implement all the tools. I mean, you you said it better than, than I'm probably going to say it, but um, correct me afterwards. But it was like the conversation went basically implementing all the features that most Twitch users are, are expecting is the best way to go forward, even if it's your first stream, because that's what people are expecting to see, like a camera and alerts, uh, donations, stuff like that, like the ability to right. donate. Is that correct? So, yeah, basically, my advice was um, hmm. if you think of uh, think of like Twitch, like a restaurant. Hmm. And so if I am hungry and I want a steak and I go to the keg and I get a steak. Oh. I am used to that level of service. And Ooh, then the if keg. I go to the keg the next time and I sit down and I order a steak and I get a plate full of ground beef, I'll be like, WTF, where is my steak? So basically, people who frequent a service provider, like a restaurant, have a certain level of service they expect, uh, a certain product to be brought to them when they order. So uh, if you are a streamer on Twitch, even if you're a first-time streamer, I think the best way to go is basically like you're you're putting your best foot forward mm -hmm. to any potential people who are going to come into your channel and have already experienced things on Twitch. So if you have somebody who watches a lot of really big streamers and they do things like they have alerts and donations and chatbots and overlays and all these other things, if they then come to your channel and you don't have those things, they're going to be like, oh. This is the ground beef as opposed to the steak. I'm going to go back and get me some steak and they're going to leave your channel. Hmm. So the way to kind of, I think, attract new viewers and actually grow your channel is to kind of build your channel in kind of emulating the way that big successful streamers do. Um, there is a lot of debate about specifically like monetizing things. So like bits and donations and, and all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, like if you set it all up when you start, you build up your own personal brand and you start streaming, then 
you don't have to do it down the road. And it's like, it's all just there. It is what it is. Your stream is your stream and you're ready to go. So I am, I, I very, very strongly believe that you should mm. kind of like put your best foot forward, do all that stuff up at the beginning, make yourself look as professional and polished as you possibly can. And then, then start streaming. Right. Um, because yeah, like I said, it's, it's so much easier to attract new people when you're already providing all of the services, all of the polish and all of the flair that people are used to from other streams on Twitch. So that's, my that was my kind of general yeah. advice <laughs> yeah that, that was that was well even put, though it seems like a lot and it seems like it's overwhelming i think that that's the best way to go about it I, and and that brings me to my next point in setting so i spent about a couple hours on monday night setting up the overlay for uh, my first stream my first official stab at it was going to be life <laughs> is strange before the storm we'll get to that a little later there were some <laughs> issues there however I set up an overlay. I started, I was like, okay, I'm going to go something generic. So I picked like the one of the blue ones that I'm sure everybody, a lot of people use. It actually tells you how many people use it. It does tell you how many yeah. other streamers are using that overlay. Well, it tells you how many other streamers have copied that theme into right. their overlays. So they may or may not actually be actively using it on Twitch, but uh, it gives you an idea of the popularity. Yeah. And there was like maybe 500 people, but it was, it was a, it was a color. It looked good. It wasn't animated. It was just basic. <laughs> so I, I fiddled with that. I got rid of the, like the prime stuff or not the prime stuff, but the subscriber stuff. Cause, um, not got rid of, but hit it, moved some stuff yeah, around yeah. just because it would it, like not being mean or anything to myself, but it'll probably be empty for, for uh, quite a while. Cause I'm just starting out. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I did that. It took a couple hours just to kind of get everything. The alerts are pretty much set up. Um, they're ready to go, and you can kind of test them as you're uh, as you're playing, which was nice. So right in the stream elements overlay builder, you can there's a little test button, which was nice, and uh, got that all set up and and ready to go. And it was easy, which brought me to my next point was like, okay, the Ryan Murphy CA brand. I've already kind of worked on some elements with the website and uh, banners and you can actually right. see some of that on Twitch. And I thought, well, I wonder how hard it would be to like design like a 1080p overlay in uh, Photoshop and then kind of splice it apart and then import it into stream elements. So I'm thinking that's where I'm going to go next is once I've got a few more under my belt with this blue theme, I can kind of, you know, use that and then replace the elements with sort of custom stuff um have you ever done like a custom stream elements sort of setup from like a photoshop file to, to so building it i haven't mm -hmm. but um it's actually fairly simple all you have to do is instead of um like selecting an existing theme from the theme library all you have to do is uh go in and say create a new overlay and you can just create a blank one it gives you that blank green screen and then you can add in any of the different widgets that you want or if you have like a photoshop overlay like we use for gamers in right now uh, that's basically just a static photoshop image so i hmm. photoshop the the type in it every week and i just use it throw it into OBS and use it. I'm actually going to do the custom overlay oh. going forward cool. um, using stream elements. And all you have to do is there's um, an upload images um, section. And so you just upload your image in your overlay editor and then you're done. Okay. So if you wanted to have a whole bunch of different elements, you would have to upload them like a, a whole bunch of different elements that were also able to be moved. You'd have to upload them all separately. If you figure out your overlay in Photoshop and then export it as one PNG, then you just upload once. But it depends how much flexibility you want to have once you're actually on the platform. 
Okay. Well, I think I'll probably look into that in a couple of weeks once I've done a few more. But so last sort of stream update stuff. So I played Life is Strange and we'll talk we'll talk about the actual game in a bit. But in terms of playing that game on Twitch, I feel like that was a bad choice because not, <laughs> not only is that game, you know, it's older. I think the first episode mm-hmm. came out late summer. So you're already losing probably a good chunk of viewers, especially ones that are paying attention to uh, the gamers in um, because we, we've already talked about it and it's been out for a while, but also made worse by the fact that there's a webcam because I took your advice to kind of set everything up. So there was a webcam. Mm-hmm. Adventure games are really hard to appear excited about. Yeah. And and I feel like that's I don't, like kind of half of doing Twitch streams is you kind of have to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, yes, it is. It is good to be engaging. It's yeah. good to be excited about the thing that you're playing because you want to share the like, oh, my God, like happy or sad or mm-hmm. scared moments with your viewers. That's the whole reason why you're streaming to Twitch is you want to be engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing is with adventure games sometimes or just general exploration story based games, sometimes they are lacking in that um, wow factor for la- yeah. lack of a better term. So um, you kind of want either super high-end competitive gameplay or something that is super engaging for your audience and uh, if you're playing an adventure game with your audience and getting feedback from the chat room that can be good because like Mm -hmm. if there's choices to be made or you know dialogue choices to do then it's good to get input from your chat room Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah uh, Life is Strange in particular I found because I streamed um, I think three or four of the five original episodes of original life is strange. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's difficult to, uh, to kind of stream that and be happy and excited and engaged because the the adventure games are slower paced, (laughs) but you can do like things like chill streams and just make sure that you say like, Oh yeah, I'm just having a chill stream today. Like come hang out with me while I play life is strange because adventure games are also very good for kind of like pausing the action. Right. So you Mm -hmm. can, do the same sort of thing that I do with my Get Nailed stream where um, it gives viewers, like, I can pause painting my nails whenever I want and uh, you can kind of have questions and interaction from the chat room in a way that you can't when you're playing something like, say, Heroes of the Storm or Overwatch that's, like, super fast-paced and competitive and and everything else. So Mm -hmm. there's kind of, like, trade-offs and there's a lot of different ways you can engage your audience. But I agree, adventure games are can be uh, tricky. Okay, so so that brings me to probably the final point for this week and 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 again like this is a we got to think this is from a beginner standpoint there are probably a lot of folks that listen to this show that are thinking of streaming um that look at what you do each week and think that sounds like a lot of fun i would love to try it and 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 so this next point is probably something that a lot of new streamers are going to experience and this isn't me begging for people to come check out my stream so with that said what do you do when you're playing a game and no one's watching, which is kind of half the point of streaming on Twitch, if not most of it, is to have sort of that engagement with folks. So if I'm playing, and that's why I said Life is Strange was probably a mistake, because I, I didn't have anybody watching. So there was nobody to engage with. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it was just me talking to myself. And how, like, what is the advice that you would give someone if they're playing a game? Like, obviously, if you're playing a game, it's a performance. So if, even if no one's watching you still perform, right? Like that's yes. okay. And that was, the, that was the hardest thing when I first started streaming. <laughs> that was the, the hardest thing for me to uh, kind of learn and get used to was the talking when mm. 
no one was there and no one's talking back. And you'll find like even I find now when I have like 20, 30, 40, 50 viewers, like sometimes they're just sitting there yeah. watching the game or they have you on in the background. Having you on in the background is something people do all the time. Hmm. Like they have just Twitch running in the background while they're working or doing whatever. And uh, so you kind of have to get used to the fact that not everyone is always going to chat in your channel. So you have to get really good at explaining what you're doing in the game, talking about why you're making the choices that you're making, um, giving more information about, you know, where people can find the game. Like, did you get it on Steam? Did you get it like on a from a third party? Like, what exactly did you do to get your hands on the game? Um, mm -hmm. Would you recommend it? Would you not um, point out things like basically do a gamers in episode just extended. So say like, okay, oh, well, I'm in the second act of Life is Strange and uh, I've noticed that the graphics are kind of crappy if I do this really fast or I don't like the controls or, you know, this, this story is dragging on or, hey, I really liked this part and just kind of explain what you're thinking and feeling while the game is going on. And that can be a really difficult skill to learn and sometimes you do, you feel really silly because you're like, mm. I'm literally talking to myself. But the other thing is you're also creating a VOD, right? Because you save the VODs on your channel, right? Yeah, so the VOD is exists. also a thing I absolutely recommend is okay. saving the VODs on your channel because um, let's say I come in halfway through episode two of Life is Strange and I'm like, oh, I like this guy. He's kind of cool. He's giving me all this information. He's being really engaging. I like mm -hmm. to watch this. I'm going to stop and I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch episode one because I want to see his playthrough from the start. So... Having VODs is a good way to get people more engaged with your channel and to, to kind of see your evolution as a streamer. So, uh, so yeah, I recommend VODs 100%. But, okay. uh, but yeah, getting, getting used to talking, and that's the thing. If you talk the whole time and if you're engaging with your air quotes audience, you're going to have an audience if you post the VODs. They just might not be there live at that time. So if you think of it that way where you're actually producing a piece of content... Mm -hmm. then um, it kind of puts you in a different mindset. And then you you kind of train yourself to talk and emote and uh, explain a lot more. Okay. No, that, actually, that is probably the best uh, way to, to explain it and that there's a VOD that exists afterwards on Twitch. So, for example, me uh, telling a sob story about playing Life is Strange all by myself. Uh, and I know Tana goes in the chat room and like, I said, no, don't feel bad for me. It, it, was, it, was, it was something as an experiment... And, you know, it's a learning experience and um, the VOD does exist and for that purpose. And I, I did my darndest to play the game, but that, uh, there are other issues with the game. It, it, anyways, uh, we'll get to that. But um, the VOD is something that exists for folks that are coming later uh, yeah. to your channel. And I think that's probably the best way to sort of help folks who are playing uh, or, or starting to stream and thinking, what do I do if I don't have anybody watching? Like, how does that, how does mm -hmm. that work? Do, do I keep it, do I keep the performance on until someone starts watching? Like if you're monitoring, but then like every five seconds, you're looking over to the right and people can see that as well. And well, I, and that's, that's the thing too, that I would say, especially when you're first starting out, um, don't worry about viewer numbers. Don't mm -hmm. worry about it. Like it's, it's kind of a numbers game in a numbers of hours streamed kind of game. Like the more hours that you are active and the more streams that you do, the more chances you have to get in front of people's eyeballs. Mm -hmm. So um, I wouldn't worry about viewer numbers when you're starting out. Just okay. worry about um, just being engaging and putting out content and eventually it will snowball. And I think I've noticed that, um, well, 
honestly, I should know that from just podcasting in general. Like that's how the gamers in has got to where it is today. Like, you know, with 300 episodes, um, but with, uh, with streaming. Yeah. Like I, I think that, uh, even the, the Twitch achievement system that they've added in there prioritizes streaming content, like hours, like they track hours, it. Yeah. There's more hours put in front of you in, in terms of like the milestone for followers is, is in my mind, fairly low in comparison to some of the top Twitch streamers, which is what yes. people mostly compare themselves to. Mm-hmm. So that's actually really reassuring. So not that I'm going to go back and stream more Life is Strange because, again, other issues, but um, streaming more, uh, streaming games that fit more into my uh, engagement level, I think, is, mm-hmm. is something I'm going to be looking into for sure. Yeah, uh, Nefroni in the chat room is, is agreeing and saying, uh, finding it interesting when people talk about just their thought processes for making a decision in a game, which, again, uh, with Life is Strange, um, I tried. There's, there, there's less of that. But, I mean, yeah. there's there's all kinds of, like, when you're making decisions about, like, where to go, what quests to do, what crafting to do, like, all that kind of stuff is, mm-hmm. uh, if you're playing a competitive game, it's even, I think, easier um, because you can kind of, like, you're already talking through, especially if you're playing with someone, but... Um, you're already chances are going to be able to talk about the gameplay as it's happening live and talking about like where you're going on certain maps or whatever but in in the in-between which is sometimes the the hard part to fill you can talk about like what character you chose and why and what you're trying to counter and say like um so if you're streaming hearthstone talk about the deck that you're playing talk about how you play the deck talk about what you're expecting to see on the ladder or whatever um, to kind of fill that void in between when you're actually in and competing in your game. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, yeah, there's a, the competitive games, I think, are uh, some of the easier things to stream. But I say that when I say easier, I mean, like, it's it's easier because it's easier to talk through a lot of that stuff um, because there's just so many things happening all the time. It's much harder to engage with your chat room if you're doing those kind of games, though. So I think it's um, it's kind of important to know your audience and know your audience's expectations. Like, are they expecting you to answer every single question or are they OK with you taking 30 minutes to play the actual game and then catching up with them after? Mm. Um, so, yeah. And that's and that's kind of um, once your audience gets a little bigger, that's the kind of things you have to worry about. But um, but yeah, I think there's um, you're, you're certainly you've come a long way and you're asking kind of all the right questions. So. Yeah. I'm so proud of you, Ryan. <laughs> well, I hope I, I just if anything comes from this, I just hope that folks who are listening to this are are taking away some things as well, because I, I don't want I don't want it just to be for my selfish nature. But uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like stream element stuff aside and whether yeah. I was a promoter for them or not, just uh, how to start a podcast and how to become a Twitch streamer are probably like the two biggest questions that I ever get asked is yeah. like basically like, how do I do what you do? And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't mind at all talking about any of this. I hope that you guys are getting a lot out of it, too. And uh, you can feel free to email the show or to hit us up on Twitter, whatever. Um, Yeah. And it doesn't have to be about stream element stuff. Um, Obviously, I'm willing to help everybody with that as well. But if you guys just want any kind of tips and tricks for podcasting or streaming in general, then, yeah, absolutely. Just hit me up on Twitter and I'll I'll help where I can for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So you mentioned Life is Strange Before the Storm is the game that you decided to stream. How'd that go, Ryan? Okay, so <laughs> the actual streaming experience. How yeah. how was the actual game? So, uh, it, so just to bring everybody up to speed, Jocelyn played this game when it launched back in August, uh, late August. She, you got to the point at which I think it was, it must have been in 
either like a third or a halfway in when you uh, you're about to get in the car with uh, Major Dick, whatever his name is. Yes. I can't remember. Uh, Chloe's Chloe's stepdad. I can't remember his name now. Yeah. But yeah, that that's where I stopped. <laughs> so the first hour of this game is a mess. It's it's produ- it's showcasing some of the worst characteristics of this young broken 15 year old who who thinks the world is is out to get her because that's evidently like she's in a she's in a position where it's there's some pain it's very raw like her father was was taken from her at a young age in a freak car accident and she blames herself Uh, you learn that in the original game but in in this Mm -hmm. this episode you're kind of dropped in hot not knowing a whole lot about the scenario and she's just being a complete and utter dink to everybody yeah she's like she's super mean to everyone mm-hmm. she's uh like one of the first things that you have to do to interact with is like basically like lie and scheme your way into a club and then yep. after you do that then you steal things and after you do that you go buy weed like she's just she's a dick of a character <laughs> she's, and she's 15 and yeah. honestly when i was playing that that introductory uh hour i was thinking to myself like what do i do to make sure uh, my kids don't end up this way. <laughs> I, 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 you know, without going further down that dark rabbit hole, yeah. knowing what happens to the characters, I'm just, it, 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 it is, uh, it is a scenario that, yes, I do not understand the, the scenario in, in terms of, I have not lived through that type of trauma. However, um, yeah, it just seems a little over the top and, and, at the start of the game, and that's why the first hour is rough, because at the start of the game, it seems the only options you're given are to be a dink. And I think some of the options yeah. were like, you know, steal, you know, uh, steal the T-shirt, steal the yeah. money, buy the weed with the money you stole. You have yeah. the option to not do that stuff. But if you don't do it, it feels like you're just beelining it for the objective, which is the complete opposite of what you normally would do in an adventure game right you're going to want to engage as much as possible so well and i think um both of those things Mm -hmm. uh interacting with the drug dealer and interacting with the t-shirt salesman um triggered the like what is it it comes up like in the top corner and says it's like like, they will remember that remember that or whatever yeah so it feels Mm -hmm. like it's things that you're supposed to do because they, it informs the rest of the story at some point or another later on. So it doesn't feel like you're meant to skip it. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's tough. And that's why I'm saying the first hour is kind of rough. Because the options to do things feel like you're being put down a path of like, this is the Chloe character. This is what she does. She makes a choice between, you know, stealing a t-shirt and stealing a t-shirt or stealing the money and not stealing the money but the money if she stole it she can pay for weed and but then once you get through that first hour you start to slowly realize that the decisions that your character that you can make as your character aren't necessarily all dink moves or dick moves i guess i can say dick (laughs) uh i have small children and they will repeat (laughs) everything i say um stupid and dumb favorite words right now anyway it's cute but you know anyways yeah uh so but dink is no better anyways yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm kind of having these realizations and i'm like oh god oh, even even my censored words are like again not super great. cute but not good <laughs> anyways so with this game as you go further so actually past the point at which you stop playing because i think you stop preemptively thinking I'm going to have to have a word battle with um, 
uh, the, stepdad. the stepdad. And that's just not going to be fun for me. But that's not actually what happens. Mm-hmm. You get in the car, he tries to lecture you, and then you fall asleep. And you have a, you have a daydream. Uh, uh, and it goes on from, from there. It's a, it's a short moment, but it, but it cuts out what you were worried was going to happen. And as you progress through the story, those like word battles become there's still options they're there if you want to be a bad person you can go and you can launch into one of those tirades but you don't have to you can kind of withhold and and try to be an understanding person when you want now the game early on feels like it's thrusting you down a path of chloe's a bad person you're going to want to choose you know the uh, the bitchy response pardon my use of that word but that's exactly what it what is happening um (laughs) I feel like I can't say that. But anyways, so as you're moving forward in the game, you're given these options where it starts to unravel like Chloe not being necessarily such a bad person. And the difference between the original Life is Strange and the and this one is that you got the inner monologue from Max in the first game mm-hmm. and you didn't get the inner monologue from Chloe, but the inner monologue from Chloe in, in, uh, in Before the Storm is actually pretty revealing because when you choose to lash out at, say, your mother or lash out at your mother about David, she will have an inner monologue kind of saying like, uh, maybe I was a little rough on her. Maybe I should be more understanding. Um, and then sometimes if, if you do say a really nice thing, like you try to, you try to like make up for it in her head, she'll be like, ah, that was probably a little too, like she's always second guessing herself, which I think falls in line with that age group. Um, or, anybody really so yeah human behavior not actually like just teenagers no of course not because i do it all the time i've I've done it several times on this show already um (laughs) but what i'm trying to say is like you kind of you stomped at a point where the game starts to showcase the good moments um right after uh, the car ride and, and you get to school you're gonna go pick up a dvd from a friend and when you go to pick up that dvd they're playing dungeons and dragons and you have an option to join their game and i thought like oh this is going to be some piffy dialogue and then i'll move on but it was actually like a really core component and you could stick around and it was a lot of fun uh, <laughs> it was really cool and but that's uh but then those moments fade and then it goes into some other teenagey stuff and, and i find it's it's only when she's interacting with adults does she kind of act that way. When she's around kids, she's just a normal a normal kid. And again, I think that goes to show like what kids actually do. Like when they're around kids their own age, they kind of act normal. Mm-hmm. And then when they're around adults, they kind of act out. Um, I-, I think that's kind of like how it is. It but sounds like it's the point that they're trying to make. It's the point they're trying I to guess make. Like- my my problem, I guess, with um, and I think it was the uh, potential. I don't even know if I should call it a misstep, but it was the mm-hmm. potential problem, I think, with doing a prequel where the main character is a different character than the one that we had. Um, well, actually, probably just a prequel in general problem. But basically, it's like we know where Chloe ends up. We know what Chloe's story looks like. We know what Chloe looks like as a person in the next game. Chloe's a jerk. She is. <laughs> so, like, I mean inner monologue or not doesn't change my feelings for the character really like the fact Mm. that oh maybe she feels bad or whatever like i don't know it just if you make your character super nice as chloe it doesn't feed into the next story like it doesn't it would be like a 180 character shift Mm. and if you play your character as a jerk then 
you're keeping the story in line, but it's not an enjoyable experience, at least for me. So, right. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I it's, just, it's tough. Like, I'm not convincing this, this you. This game is just so not for me. <laughs> I know. I'm not convincing you to go back and play no. it. But I, but what I am saying is it's it's not as bad as originally sort of described. Uh, it's not for this everyone. Be, this should totally be like Ryan's generic game review. <laughs> it's like, you know... <laughs> It's not that bad. No, no, no. Okay. I didn't want to like burn my computer afterwards. Which is technically you were this, if you weren't streaming at the time and you, you could burn it down uh, and you weren't using it, it sounded like that was probably the next step. What I'm saying is it's, it's, it's not as bad as it's not complete gutter trash. There are things here that can be salvaged. But there are problems with the first episode, specifically with pacing. And when the pacing dips, it usually involves characters being assholes. And that's not fun. You know, yeah. that's not fun to experience. That's not fun to be a part of. And but, you know, as the episode wraps, it it showcases why those characters are at least having a bad day. Um, I don't think it necessarily excuses their behavior, but the teaser for episode two does kind of lean more into what the game is going to be about in terms of like the mystery and these characters that are introduced. And I'm, I'm interested in moving forward and checking out episode two to see what it has to offer. But I agree with at least parts of your original, you know, argument for this game and that there are some serious problems that weren't present in the original and when you do a prequel or a sequel, you kind of hope for something along the same lines in terms of tone uh, and characters and development. And the well, fact that you're just thrown into this, like, just this really angsty teenager, it it can be super jarring, uh, especially for, you know, people who don't necessarily like to be around angsty teenagers, because there's a lot of them in this game. Well, and, and she also doesn't really have a, a crazy special power, right? Like, no. isn't her suit, as opposed to Max, where she could actually, like, manipulate time, which was which was a cool, fun mechanic to play around with. Um, Chloe's just a bitch. That's her superpower. Like, yep. it's she... not nearly as, as interesting and uh, and dynamic, I feel like, as, as Max's power was, and that made the first game interesting. So. Yeah. It was like um, rap battles, but less creative in this one. And yeah. I only did it twice. I did it at the, at the beginning when you don't have an option. And I, get, I did it again a second time at the school. Or maybe I did it. I can only remember twice. Maybe there was a third time. But the second time I remember because there was a bully picking on someone else. And it was you had an opportunity to use your your power of evil for good. You know, you could be <laughs> a complete, you know, bitch to somebody else who was doing technically something really bad that like he was, he yeah. was bullying someone and you could you could talk him away now at the, you know when you when you line it up it's like okay a 15 year old girl sort of talking a football player down like he, he, what you make fun of him enough that he walks away he, he could have just sucker punched the kid and then and then walked away no he just chooses like you used words you're lucky these two girls saved you i'm walking away now and it's like <laughs> sure how that would work in real life like he he probably would have at least got a shot in or like maybe like yeah. a good charlie horse or something but i don't know anyways i i will i will continue i've committed to playing the game i'll, I'll play it because that's just how i roll uh, yeah that's what you do <laughs> i do yeah so episode two i i don't think i'm gonna stream it because again it's just so 
um unless it's a chill stream like i said but uh it's just so laid back it's so it's kind of slow in parts and uh so i will play episode two for next week hopefully it continues down that path um of of being interesting because the teaser did set it up for some some interesting character development and and i'm hoping as a prequel you would hope that it ties in directly to life is strange so i am curious to see how it leads into that game in terms of rachel and Mm -hmm. and chloe because we talk about rachel is the part of that game that i think was interesting and yeah the time leading up to her abduction like i i'm interested to know like how much they actually elude because obviously we know who the bad guy is from the first Mm -hmm. game we know what happened to rachel um it would be interesting to see kind of the lead up to that because i think it does i think it does lead right into or it's supposed to but um not sure but um if you if you kind of follow the signs and this is why like we never really heard much feedback from our listeners as to whether maybe maybe we're the only two playing this game within the gamers and community because we never really got a lot of feedback i know the game's well i trashed it pretty hard so anyone who's thinking about it might have decided not to (laughs) well i mean i remember breath of the wild we got some feedback Mm. (laughs) so uh yeah i think that uh I think they're, you know, knowing what happens in the original game and what that means for Chloe as a character. Like, she's already in this game. You're seeing her dealing with Max abandoning her. You can imagine, no matter what kind of progress you make in these three episodes, you know Rachel leaves at the end and mm-hmm. she feels abandoned. And that could that could explain just basically any reset that happens in terms of good behavior. So yeah. there are... But some would argue it's you shouldn't have to explain that stuff away. Like you should just be able to figure it out from a design standpoint to kind of have it work. So I, I think they could have toned her down a little bit, and I agree with you there, like just a little bit. <laughs> uh, very very quickly, I'm going to talk a little bit about Sea of Thieves because that's basically what I've been playing this week. Mm. Uh, the closed beta was available for people who had been in the technical alpha and people who have pre-ordered the game, and uh, it was a lot of fun. We played. Um, I want to say I streamed it three or four times. Uh, mostly Siv and I played together uh, just on the two-man ship, which was really interesting. But last night we got a chance with a couple of our raid members to actually try the four-man ship. Man, that's hard to sail. Hmm. It's super fun, though. Like, it's it's the big, like, um, three-sail galleon. And it's ginormous. It goes so fast. We actually got into a naval battle with another one and I couldn't believe because like because the ship is so big, it's so much easier to hit with cannonballs. So, I mean, the damage we were taking and all the repairing I had to do, like the ship filled up with the water so fast because you get like six holes at once. But with a four man crew, it's supposed to basically you're supposed to get the same, uh, I guess, level of work or, you know, things available to you to do. Uh, on the on the four man as you do on the two man so uh so yeah it was fun and it was interesting and but yeah the four man ship was was actually i thought a lot harder than the two man ship Uh, i still wouldn't want to play by myself i don't think uh it would be very very difficult to um kind of control a vessel all by yourself because you have to do all of the steering all of the sails all of the repairs um the navigation just everything i think it it just be really tricky as a as a one man boat but Hmm. Uh, still a lot of fun. Uh, there's also a lot of features in Sea of Thieves that weren't actually available in the beta. So there's different factions that you can grind up your levels with and different voyages and, and everything else. So the the beta seemed 
a little bit small. And by the time I'd gotten to, uh, like by the time I'd finished streaming, like I said, we streamed three or four times and probably put 10 or 15 hours in. Um, it was uh, a little bit like I, I was starting to like recognize the islands and I kind of knew the world, mm. which made it feel a little bit small. But again, it's only kind of a fraction of what's going to be available on launch. Um, the combat's really satisfying. Playing with your friends was awesome. <laughs> Excuse me, but uh, Civ actually went and played in, uh, played randomly with a with a crew, a four man crew, with three random people, and the voice chat in the game is uh, as it works really really well. There's also um, like um, a wheel of conversation text options that you can use if you don't want to use your voice. Uh, so he found communication was actually great, and uh, I guess he, he found a really good really good group. Um, there cool. were some really, there were some really fun, uh, accidents, I guess <laughs> we can call them. Uh, there was one point, uh, the other night where we were, we were sailing around on our two man ship and we found a four man ship that was kind of chasing us and we were fighting with another two man ship. And then there was another two man ship that came out of nowhere and voice comms are actually open. So you can talk to anyone in the open world. Even, so, even allies and enemies, right? Allies and enemies oh, wow. alike. Yeah. So Siv was actually talking to a like one of the the newcomer two man ship basically, but I didn't have my my voice comm set up. I had just muted everything because I assumed people would be evil and toxic and internet worthy. So uh, I had everything shut off as I normally do. That's the first thing I do when I go into multiplayer games. Is I shut down all that stuff off and I play in my nice little bubble. But uh, I guess so. I was talking all piratey and Civ was talking all piratey, which is also one of the best parts of this game is you can use pirate voices and nobody thinks you're weird. <laughs> so <laughs> we were talking in our pirate voices and the newcomer ship, I guess, once they got close enough to hear our comms, was like, Yer, mateys, we be wanting no trouble. We have no quarrel <laughs> with you. <laughs> and it was awesome. And then, so, except I couldn't hear them. So... The other two-man ship we'd been fighting with sank. I was trying to run away from the four-man ship, and I literally crashed our ship right into the ones that weren't supposed oh. to. I think that we weren't supposed to fight with. But Siv was dead, so he couldn't tell them that I hadn't meant to do it. So then they shot me down, and they sank my ship. <laughs> so that's but I it's think like, it's so fun. <laughs> I was gonna say like that seems like the crux of the game is that it's setting up these moments where you can have a conversation with folks and, and then accidentally have a moment where you crash into someone. And, and this is just the beta. I know it's a taste of what's going to be in the full game. Um, there have been references to other things that happen in the game that, that possibly will uh, make for moments like that fun type types of, of interesting storytelling. So yeah. I feel like even if you were to play the game, once a week you'd have a unique story coming out of it it's similar to PUBG, i think in that if PUBG was this open dynamic world that was constantly changing you would have a new story to tell you know outside of yeah. i i went to the school and i got shot you know <laughs> that sounds terrible that but, sounds so bad but when you think about PUBG, if i could only remember there's a school PUBG, yeah if you haven't played PUBG, and so, the school is usually stocked with weapons pachinki it's a very good yeah pachinki's a good one Pachinki but. machine, you go in, and anyways, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to like as we said last week, I'm looking forward to trying see if these because I love rare. I'm just, I'm not one of those folks to play like a multiplayer only experience type thing, but I know it's like right up your alley, and I'm glad you're enjoying it because pirates. I mean, yes. 
What's not to love? Exactly. And like I said originally, I think that there's a lot of room that they can expand. They built this amazing base game that's just so beautiful. And there are so many things that you can do with the world of just pirates in general and the Caribbean and, you know, all of the stuff that happened over the course of that period of history. I think that there's a lot to play with there and especially where they've got a sort of a supernatural element to it as well, because there are like skeletons that pop up and attack you. Uh, it, it, it's very interesting, I think, and, and has a lot of potential. So like I said, uh, Siv and I are actually going to be doing a Gamers in Presents Sea of Thieves podcast kind of from soon-ish until the launch of the game uh, mm-hmm. just to kind of gauge interest to see if you guys are, are wanting to hear more from us on that topic. So um, this is probably going to be the last time I talk about Sea of Thieves on Gamers In, except for I'll probably mention again on launch. But um, yeah, I, I loved it. It was super fun. It's beautiful. Mm. It's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Swexis was playing with us last night. He's in the chat room right now. <laughs> he says, shooting yourself out of the cannon is the best. You can shoot yourself out of a cannon. It's really? pretty great. Yes. So you can try to board enemy ships by shooting yourself out of a cannon, or you can try to avoid all the sharks in the water by shooting yourself from your ship onto the islands to go and explore and find treasures. So hmm. um, I feel like this game has just enough for me to drive a sandboxy kind of a world. Like there are like the voyages are enough for me. Like it's in Minecraft, it's too self-directed. But in Sea of Thieves, like you can go get voyages. It tells you where to go. It gives you treasure maps. It gives you riddles to solve, which as we uh, as we progressed in our level, the riddles got really, really difficult. And the map sent us to bigger and bigger islands that were harder and harder to pin down where exactly the chests were. So the degree of difficulty definitely increases as you go, which I, I thought was really interesting. And it's not necessarily telling you a traditional like story, but it's enough to drive your experience in the world and give you something to do. And when you get tired of doing things like solving riddles or going to find treasure chests, you just go to have naval battles, which are super fun and satisfying. So it's the overall very, very fun experience. I highly recommend it. Um, if you guys haven't picked it up already, then like I said, I highly recommend it. I would. And uh, if you want more information, check out Gamers in Presents Sea of Thieves. And uh, finally, if you are thinking of getting the game, uh, make sure that you let me know. You can add me on Xbox. Uh, I believe on Xbox, I'm Joss Plays. So, because um, I, I was GIS Gamer, but now I'm not anymore. Oh, right. Uh, PlayStation. I'm still GIS Gamer on PlayStation because they won't let you change it. But Xbox did let me change it. So I've switched over to Joss Plays. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to add me on Xbox, please do that. Um, because that's the you, the friends list that it pulls from is, uh, is Xbox. And make sure you actually send me a friend request uh, because I found uh, yesterday that I couldn't, uh, some people were following me, but not actually on my friends list. So I couldn't find them when I was trying to add people to the game. So just make sure that you go and send me friend requests and then we can play some Sea of Thieves because it is more fun with friends. 100%. Oh, yeah. So uh, make sure you guys check that out. Uh, so we have a patron ad this week from Weekly News Desk. Uh, Simon says, Weekly News Desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. You can join your two knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. You can find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode of The Gamers In, you can head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin and choose the appropriate backer level. Uh, you can also join our Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord to take advantage of all of the patron perks, including... The uh, the um, patron only access to the voice channels and text channels. You guys can vote on uh, game night, which 
game night. When will it be in February? Game night will be the 15th of February. Sure. So, uh, yeah, make sure you guys are prepped to get in on that. I'm not sure what we'll be playing, but it will be fun and it will be voted on by you. So, again, that's patreon.com slash gamers in. Ryan, did you want to give people a quick rundown of the Patreon mini episodes that you've been doing? Yeah, so sort of related to our spinoff stuff. So the first one was kind of this Patreon mini. Each week, basically each Sunday, I text Jocelyn, hey, what are you thinking about playing this week? Put it all into a doc. Oh my God, I don't know. I'm prepping for raid. (laughs) Yeah, it's Sunday, Ryan, and it's nine o'clock and I'm having dinner. What are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm falling asleep. Uh, No, uh, so it's it's a short show, two to three minutes. Sometimes if there's like some news... Or a game I'm playing that we're not going to talk about on the show. We will, I will kind of go in depth there. But normally they're about f- less than five minutes talking about what we're going to talk about on the show, games played, news, stuff like that. It just gives you a preview Up- of what's event. happening, <laughs> upcoming events, maybe new spinoff podcasts, stuff like that. So <laughs> the Patreon mini is available to all on patreon.com slash the gamers in. But if you are a patron, you get access to it a day early. So you'll get it Sunday as soon as it's posted. And there's an audio RSS feed for patrons. So even if you subscribe at the dollar or below level, you have that RSS feed and it just shows up in your catcher. Otherwise, just go to patreon.com and you can listen to them the next day. Perfect. Uh, That brings us to our topic of the week this week where we are talking about Battle for Azeroth. The pre-orders are open if you guys Mm. are unaware. This is the next expansion for World of Warcraft. It's coming this year on or before September 21st. So basically we're looking at a summer release window. Uh, But yeah, the pre-order is actually available now. So if you pre-order, then you get access to a 110 level character boost as well as uh, also getting access to the allied races. So... Ryan, is this enough to bring you back to World of Warcraft? Uh, so here's the thing. As we've always <laughs> described with World of Warcraft, it holds a special place in my gaming heart as the first MMO I started playing. I remember watching the trailer for World of Warcraft in high school, like the year I graduated. Uh, and then college was a big a big time for, for World of Warcraft. So, of course, I'm coming back. Look at the box art. It looks like Warcraft, like Warcraft Orcs and Humans. And that, to yeah. me, was almost like, I do still care that it's now like $100 Canadian. I know it was always $100 Canadian because it was in U.S., but it's it, expensive. No, I, I feel like, yeah, so I had that same sticker shock. I actually haven't pre-ordered Battle for Azeroth yet. Basically, mm. in the last year, what Blizzard has done is localized their currencies. Which I am not a fan of. I prefer to just buy things in U.S. dollars because then I can do things like watch the exchange rate and figure out when it's best for me. Plus, I get paid in U.S. dollars so then I don't have to worry about exchange rates. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, now they have localized currencies. And the thing is, we've had this discussion a billion times over on the Hearthstone subreddit. But basically, Blizzard says this is what it costs you for something in your local currency they tend to raise prices when currency is in their favor and they don't tend to lower prices when currency goes back in your favor as a consumer. So I am not a fan of this. No. I'm also not a huge fan, even though I play a ton of World of Warcraft. Um, the Having an expansion for a game costs $65 because that's the base model, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get the, the base expansion for $65 or you get the digital deluxe for $90. 
it's an expansion and I understand that it is a like uh, even though it's an expansion it's basically the same as a triple A title but even then like I'm planning on paying like 70-ish maybe for a 70 or 80 for like a collector's digital collector's edition for a triple A title that's about what I've been paying usually I pay you know 50 or 60 dollars Canadian for just like base editions of games so I don't know. This seems really, really expensive to me. <laughs> it, it is, uh, especially when you tack on the monthly subscriber fee. Well, it's just because... a monthly subscription, which is yeah. also localized and not getting any cheaper. It costs me like, uh, shoot, I can't remember off the top of my head now, but it was costing me between like 15 and $16 a month like mm-hmm. for my subscription when it was being converted over from US dollars. Um, I think the highest I ever saw it was around 17 and now it's costing me at least 20 but I want to even say it's like twenty one ninety nine or something. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's a crazy amount of money that I'm spending on World of Warcraft now because of this currency localization choice. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I can justify the digital deluxe even though a lot of the stuff they're offering looks really cool um, well and I just, this is the thing i feel like i i know i don't have to get it but like the <laughs> card back in hearthstone is awesome the mounts that you get i actually prefer the alliance mount to the horde mount alliance is getting i think the coolest race when it comes to allied races and now they're getting the cool mount out of the two um i really i i don't know i i've been for the horde my entire warcraft life but Hmm. I also think that the alliance cool. is not on the yeah the raptor looks kind of okay but I don't the battle horse just looks so much better and there's so much more cooler details to it it's in like battle plate armor with like flags hanging off it and stuff it looks so cool so I guess the raptor has like feathers on it or something but I don't know the yeah. raptor looks a little plain next to I think the alliance battle right. horse so you're um, gonna so it, it costs um so the difference between the digital deluxe and the standard edition i'm gonna do this for everybody this math yeah. so that because you're not going to do it because you want to buy it so i'm going to yeah. do it for you and i'm stalling because i'm trying to figure out what 87 minus 63 is you're probably looking at uh you know seven ten it's late guys <laughs> <laughs> it's like 20 bucks <laughs> it's 25 dollars i should have done it the back the other way where you add it it's 25 dollars everybody does is that let that sink in actually that's that's not too bad actually now that you think about it because it's a pet, and they sell pets for like twenty bucks, don't they? So it's kind of a steal at that uh, point. Pets, pets, I think are like fifteen, and mounts are twenty five ish, maybe. Oh well, there you go. You're getting like, I mean, yeah. Blizzard stuff is way overpriced. Uh, it, it's super overpriced. Considering that they are digital goods and there's no yeah. like supply necessarily, uh, yeah. it's just based purely on demand. But enough people are buying these things because you know. Mm. They're it's still Blizzard. selling them at these prices. If no one was buying them, they would have to lower prices. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, mouse, I, mouse are twenty five because I think they're twelve fifty when they go on sale, which is usually what I buy them for. I wait. They usually have once or twice a year they'll have a sale where mm-hmm. uh, the older mounts will go on on sale for fifty percent off, and as well as the older pets. And so that's what I wait for. Uh, but yeah, I think it's fifteen and twenty five. So yeah, I I can't justify the digital deluxe. I used to get it all the time, um, mm-hmm. just because I like the extra goodies. Because I love playing Blizzard games, and it was nice to have a bunch of new stuff to experience. But you know, the pet and the mounts in World of Warcraft do look cool, and I and I do like the look of the Heroes of the Storm stuff. And those are the games that I would I would play. And right. 
you know, having the pendant in, in Overwatch is really cool too, but it's not, it's not a deal breaker for me yeah. uh, with that game. But, you know, for an extra 20 bucks or 10 bucks, you can go buy the physical collector's edition and get like an art book, which mm-hmm. those art books honestly are worth $40 because they yeah. are hardcover and 200 pages or a hundred and some pages. So, but anyways, enough about the price. It's, it's, on or before September 21st, so they can say technically summer 2018. So your spring yeah. date, no go, right? Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, obviously that was a little bit um, ahead of the curve probably, but uh, still, I think the pacing of this feels great. I don't feel like we're going to have some big, like, we still haven't finished the final raid content. We haven't downed Heroic Argus yet. So our raid team raids twice a week for you know five hours in a week and we haven't finished the current content in terms of raiding there's still so much to do um they're doing a pre-expansion event which is happening um soon ish Mm -hmm. we've already got the changes happening to one of the zones with um 7.3.5 we got the changes to leveling and kind of uh the new pvp battleground is coming soon so it feels like the pacing of content has really picked up and it's great because, um, yeah, like I, I, a September release, like I, I might just be starting to be done with everything. And especially since they released some of the allied races, not all the allied races are available yet. So because they've released some of the allied races now, mm-hmm. once I run out of actual WoW content to play, I still have leveling to do. And because they made the leveling changes, it's something I'm really looking forward to because I'm going to get to experience zones that I maybe haven't already and uh, yeah, I can do that by leveling up an allied race. So it's almost like they're giving us a little bit of time to do that as well. So because there's so much content available, I think they've actually done a much better job this time. Um, we didn't have the big dead zone like we did in uh, World of uh, World of Draenor, Warlords of Draenor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was that was brutal. So yeah, and I I still think there's there's a from a standpoint of like casual players like myself, I still think there's still a bit too much of a gap but um i'm glad that it's not as much as it was with Le- with with warlords drainer because i certainly yeah. felt that and it was almost a shock to come back that much later but uh this like september september for me is a weird time because september is when all of the games start coming out again you know mm-hmm. um so it'll be interesting to see what's what you know uh you're rubbing up against in in late September release windows. So yeah, well, I feel uh, like September 21st, like even though I guess the the spring prediction was was wrong, although I was right that pre-orders were available before the next Hearthstone expansion, which everyone told me I was nuts. And I was like, no, they're going to be available because that's why the card back is in the game. Blizzard likes money. At least I was right about that. I was right about that. Um, So I think that the September 21st date I would bet money that that's not actually going to be their release date. I think that they're just saying September 21st as like a, we might, because they they didn't actually announce like this is going to be our release date. It's on or before, right? So the before part I think is kind of key. And I think we might still get it before September. Hmm. Um, I think that it's just kind of a, Blizzard has has a tendency to do this. They say, you know, like, oh, we're going to release around March or April. Or we're going to release, you know, this time or before this time. And very rarely do those actually turn out to be the actual release dates. So I, I feel like they're giving themselves some wiggle room, like if they run into unforeseen problems. But like, 
all of the battle for or not all of the battle for Azeroth stuff, but there is battle for Azeroth stuff being data mined because it's already up on the PTR. Alpha right. invites have already gone out, so people are already playing battle for Azeroth. So I, I can't imagine them waiting another nine months to release this content. I think I still think we're going to get it sooner. Well, yeah, yeah, they're I giving themselves some leeway. Exactly. Thanks, I think Zephyr. so. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, sp speaking of September breaking news we don't have to discuss it because i know one of us <laughs> has to leave a gamey so i'm doing this to myself folks uh <laughs> nintendo just tweeted like three things that are kind of major big deals uh we talked about uh pre-show nintendo switch online is coming september 2018 that's their you know 20 dollars a year virtual console s type subscription service where you get to keep the games now once when you're in active subscription um then they announced mario kart tour their next smart device game coming before march 2019 that's a large window hopefully it's we don't have to wait that long and also uh they're making a mario movie and they're partnering with the minions uh company illumination wow so that's wow and it's supposed to be co-produced by shigeru miyamoto and uh whoever chris melodondri i'm assuming chris melodondri is is an illumination person so maybe he's the creator of of minions so that's kind of a big deal yeah. So there you go, folks. Uh, Mario movie. It's 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 a thing that's going to happen again. Animated, of course. So obviously. Yeah. Hmm. I'm yeah. I ooh. that's interesting. I mean, yeah. I guess like we've had uh, air quotes talking Mario's before uh, in that like they do the same thing really as. Oh, I guess Link doesn't really talk, but like it's all, it's the text on the screen that we usually get. Um, it's going to be interesting seeing those characters actually be voice acted because other than like just it's me like I, those like two or three word mario emotes there's not really a I, yeah i don't know you're think... talking full big sentences i feel like it's going to be a little bit weird for me <laughs> i don't think they'll do it i i think i think he will remain the weird only says five really? words and uh he'll, there'll be other stand-in characters like if you pl if you play I remember Mario plus Rabbids, him being sort of the, you know, the the mute or near mute in, in relation to all the other characters that were talking. Um, it worked it worked quite well, uh, or at least it wasn't a problem. But yeah, I mean, if you've seen the Minions movies or any of the Despicable Me's, like, I hope Mario just doesn't become the Minions where he, he's reduced to a couple of lines and, and, and he's a joke. But It'll be interesting to see. I, I think it's a while off. Uh, the fact that they've announced this kind of goes to show that maybe more of the rumors of Nintendo partnering with different companies is is more true than not. Because this rumor has mm -hmm. been out there for a while. They've just confirmed it today. So yeah, uh, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, well, I'm sure we will talk more about it next week when we have uh, some more details coming out of the Nintendo camp. I look forward to it. In the meantime, you can visit us on the web at gamersandpodcast.com. As I mentioned off the top of the show, we will no longer be on AMOVE TV. You can now find us Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin. So make sure you guys all go to the Gamers In channel and follow it so that you don't miss a notification when we go live. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, Jocelyn, Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. The video versions of all our episodes will be live streamed on twitch.tv slash thegamersin. If you'd like to email the show and let us know about your first streaming experiences or maybe what you thought of the Sea of Thieves beta, please do so at info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.